Hey everyone, welcome to the Confessions of an IT Business Owner podcast, where we believe that healthy cash flow is critical for your IT business. Automation is paramount, and building trust with your clients by looking professional will help grow your business. I'm your host, Dave Scott, the head of marketing here at Connect Booster. And today we're chatting with Bob DeLisa, the CEO of Cooperative Systems, a Connecticut-based IT company. And Bob's going to share with us a lot of victories and even some of the struggles that he's gone through in terms of owning and growing and running his IT company. The business becomes your mistress. And my father would always tell me that. And he said, you need to have a partner that will understand that. And I guess I really didn't look at that in a whole lot of detail. Here's the podcast with Bob. Bob DeLisa, thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Man, it's good to hear your voice and good to be with you, sir. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Nice to talk to you. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, likewise. Tell us your company name and where you're located. Let's start there and kick off the conversation. Okay, so it's Cooperative Systems, Mm -hmm. and we are in Windsor, Connecticut. We service the greater Hartford area primarily, and we also have an office in outside of Boston where we have um, some field technicians there. I remember you guys having multiple offices, so that's great. Thanks for mentioning that. Talk to me about what Cooperative Systems does, Bob. What problems do you solve? Really technology. Okay, so technology as a small business, so that could be... A simple question like, uh, you know, my outlook is not working uh, to sophisticated challenges such as my cybersecurity is a mess and I need somebody in here to help me. Speaking of cybersecurity, I saw you and Scott on the TV episode with Kathy Ireland. Great work, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was a fun little trip to L.A. we made. But yeah, it was great meeting Kathy. It's amazing, though. You would never know by the looks, but she and I are like a month apart in age. No way. <laughs> I swear. Yeah, no offense. She looks way younger than you do. She looks way better than I do. That's awesome. Yeah, so we're talking about our kids and, and, you know, just kind of life in general. I remember seeing her in the movie Unnecessary Roughness, which was a football movie made back in the early 90s. And she was this reject of a football team's kicker. And she was pretty much the only bright spot on this entire band of gridiron misfits. Talk to me, you know, we know a little bit about what you do. We know where you're based out of. What What was, talk to me about the passion in starting Cooperative Systems. What was the passion behind it? That's a good question. It's uh, it was a, there's a number of factors. Uh, there was some motivators. One was money because I had just started a family with my then wife and uh, had our second child. And we had our first child and I was already planning it. And I was working for another integrator at the time doing Novell. I was a Novell guy. And uh, they uh, were starting to sell their company. They were selling and then they were getting absorbed by another bigger company. There was all these mergers going on. And I'm like, you know, this is a drag because now my bosses are changing. And even though I like this job, I looked to my whole family and all my family is entrepreneurial. And I took entrepreneurial studies at college. So I was going to be an entrepreneur. You were ready to go. And it was ripe. So the timing was good for that, for a number of those factors. So what's the daily life of Bob look like inside of Cooperative Systems? Are you talking about back then or today? Because it's really changed a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Start with then and then kind of morph into today. Yeah, so then, um, you know, you're when you're running it solo, and for the first uh, four or five years, that's what I was doing until I brought in a partner. 
and then we, we he helped me grow it. But back then, you spend 60% of your time doing the billable work, about 25% of the time doing sales, and then about the remainder of that time doing admin stuff like your books and stuff like that. So that was my kind of you know mentality. If I'm going to grow this thing, that's how I need to scale it. You know, I need to hire, you know, if I'm going to get to 10 people, six should be engineers, you know, two should be salespeople and, you know, two should be admin or something like that. So that's kind of the way it's scaled over time. Um, and, you know, a lot of trials and tribulations and rough spots and, you know, great victories. So along the way, it's 24 years. So a track record. Yeah. In talking about victories, it sounds like you guys have accomplished some amazing things. Talk to me about some of those wins and those victories that you guys have celebrated over the years as the technology business. Well, we, we got into the school market, which is one of my passions. I really like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of education and technology and education. So uh, we bid on a, a bunch of jobs and we worked with a bunch of towns and municipalities in the area. So we really did a great job you know, for instance, putting a town on the internet, you know, getting their domain name and that first, you know, you get the state commissioner of education recognizing um, that, hey, this school is now on the internet. That was a personal highlight for me that I can remember that sticks out. But I would say big customers, big customer wins. You know, we have a great client in Boston that's a, an auto dealer. They have about 50 stores. They represent a significant chunk of our business in Boston. But, you know, they've been a great client for 15 years. And building those relationships is so key. And it's fun when they stick with you for a long time. Talk to me a little bit about the day you left your old job, right? You talked about the acquisition component and, you know, the part where your bosses were changing because they were being acquired and businesses were being shifted and merged. What was that like the day you left? <laughs> great question, Dave. I remember the day. I remember it was November 15th. I just had our second child. She was, she was about four months old. And I was nervous, you know, because my wife wasn't working and I was now the, the breadwinner. And I think I was making 40 grand at that time. I remember giving my announcement and um, my boss took me to the president of the company at the time who then counter offered to 60. So like, you mean if I just say I'm going to stay, I'd get a $20,000 raise. And my thought was, if he's offering me 60, I'm going to go out there and make 80. And that's exactly what I did the first year. I made 80 grand the first year. And back then that was pretty good. And I would say the feeling that I had that first day, I remember going to my father's office and really only having a couple of small clients, knowing that I had to wait for things to happen in terms of, you know, I had a non-compete and I had to go network. I had to go find, my father hooked me up with a friend who gave me a little bit of work there. But then my old employer called me and they say, hey, we want to contract you out. There's a guy in New York who wants to hire you. So I ended up having a relationship with this guy in New York City. And for the first year of the business, I was going into Manhattan and I was working on high-end Novell fault-tolerant servers and really cutting-edge stuff. And it was like, this is pretty awesome, you know, um, making 60 bucks an hour at the time. And it was, it was wonderful. I remember Novell Enterprises when I was in, I think, high school. I had an econ teacher that said, these are the top three and four technology companies today. And as a part of our economics project, we're going to have the kids in this class all invest in one of these companies. Novell was one of them. Oracle was one of them. And this new little startup creating software for PCs, you might oh, know my, them by name, Microsoft, yeah, yeah, was yeah. another company to invest in. And I was yeah. like, 
I'm going with the startup. I'm going to go with this new company who just started putting operating systems on computers. And all the other students in the class were like, yeah, my dad says I should invest in this old technology company, telco company. And I'm like, no, I'm an investor in Microsoft. It didn't do so hot, and I pretty much failed that project because their uh, stock price wasn't all that great. My other peers got the best of me in that exercise. But time be told, the stock prices, in terms of what I would have invested in, I would have exploded had I invested real money versus their money. So I can I can respect the technology that you were working in back in the 90s. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I was actually working at Otis Elevator, which is pretty, you know, big company. And I was a network administrator there. And back then it was Novell, Novell, Novell. But my boss was like a big Windows freak. And it was Windows 286. And this oh. is before Windows 3.0 came out. So, you know, we're, we're like, he goes, I want you to put this on the Novell network. So that was my job, was to try to figure out how to make Windows be delivered to all of the, the department on a Novell network who was where they were crunching Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> Excel had just come out, and, and the guy – and the, the CFO was like a, an Excel nut. He loved right. Windows. And so he was pushing it because he said, let's get off of this Lotus 123 crap and you know the DOS interface. He wanted the Windows interface. So it was my job to make the Windows interface work on the Novell network. That, that skill alone – got me like speaking engagements at trade shows. I believe Because it. I knew how to do it. Yeah, and then they sent me out to uh, Microsoft in like 93 for this uh, pre-release version of this new operating system that was supposed to compete with Novell and it was called Windows NT. Little yep. technologies like Prodigy, Lotus Notes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're I, old, Bob. I, We're old. I go back to the DOS day. So I used to be, they called me Batch File Bob. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, talk to me about you know we're, we're you know we're in the shift. You've you've made the move. You've talked with your boss. He made you a counter offer. He said, "We love you, care about you, want to keep you on board. We want to give you more money." You left and ended up making more money and really yep. embraced the entrepreneurial spirit. What was that shift change like? How was it perceived for them to maybe your friends or family or the others in your life? Well, it was there was a there was a strain. Uh, there was a strain on my personal relationship, which uh, less than ten years later I was in divorce court. So um, it was uh, you know the business becomes your mistress, and my father would always tell me that, and he said you need to have a partner that will understand that. And I guess I really didn't look at that in a whole lot of detail uh, because my ex-wife did not really she she was. You know, why can't you, why can't it be like Ozzy and Harriet? You know, you come home at five o'clock and I'll give you your paper. And I want to go back to the fifties. Yeah. See what I would say. Yeah. So it just didn't work. It didn't work for us. So, but you know, my relationship with my kids, that's my priority. So I'm for my kids anytime I can be there for my kids. In fact, I had an opportunity after Otis, I had a, before I went to this small integrator, I had an opportunity. I interviewed for positions at Microsoft. Before, you know, this is like, we're talking about like a 91. Yep. So probably when your stock, you know, probably even before your, you know, right after your stock picks. And Microsoft was not really the king of the hill at that point. No. Yep. So what, um, what motivates you to put your feet on the floor at 4, 5, 6 a.m., whatever time that you get up? What, what draws you and motivates you to keep doing it every day? Well, I'm at the point now in, in, the, in the job where I'm, I'm more about, my other my people so i'm really investing in my people you know scott you know steve my key guys um my big thing is is development 
And uh, this is something my father taught me in, in his background in, in human resources was to essentially, you know, work yourself out of a job. And that's that's how you that and that's how I my philosophy in terms of growing the company is I moved over the years from engineering. And I remember the day when one of my engineers says, why don't you be back in the office and go sell sell more work? Because <laughs> I was playing with the server. And that's what I wanted to do. So he basically kicked me off the job. So I should go back and sell. And I and that that really was like the first big aha moment that I said, okay, if I'm gonna grow the company, that's what I have to do. I have to switch my gears to maybe something I don't like as much, but I'm gonna do that. So I did sales for and I still do sales today. Um, so I shifted it into that role. And then at the and and also the 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 bookkeeper, you know, I that's that's something easy to outsource. That makes a lot of sense to do that early on. Then I realized man are it's you don't need just need a bookkeeper you need a whole finance department so scott thankfully had a real good knack for numbers and uh he helped me with all of the logistics you know purchasing and and orders and you know all of the things that eventually we got into connect wise when we when we brought that on board and then the last piece of it was the actual management so that was the last big piece that i decided I was going to offload and delegate. And so I, I'm sitting there with two young guys. You know, Scott was right out of school and Steve was from the banking industry. He started as a teller and he worked his way up to a head of the state of Connecticut for TD Bank. So and he was a client of mine. So I hired him in 2006. Um, Scott was, started with me in 2001. And so I have two veterans essentially that are younger than I am that really can take the reins in terms of the sales, the administration, and the engineering of the company. So those are the guys that are doing the day-to-day, and I'm just kind of like the overseer of all that and just providing guidance when I feel it's needed. And that all ties into that development aspect that you told me about earlier that's important to you. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's huge. Man, it's got to be amazing to look back on everything from where you are now and realize where you guys have come to. Yeah, it is. You know, I had a, I had a partner there that I neglected to mention, but I, I'm going to mention him. His name is Jim, and he was my first hire, and he was with me for it's almost 10 years, and um, he wanted to go in a certain direction. He yep. wanted to keep the company small. Okay. He wanted to go back to my basement. He goes, let's go back to Bob's basement, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's not what I want to do. I'm thinking that's not really what I want to do. What I want to do is grow the company, and, you know, you set your sights on that, you do what it takes, you know, and I've done the things and I've, I've actually recently I went to a course at my alma mater. It was it was wonderful. It was uh, 10,000 small businesses. They, it's Goldman Sachs puts it on and it's it, it teaches business owners how to write a growth plan to grow their business so they can they can go out to funding sources and they can get funding to to launch their let's say they want to go into a new field. For me, it was cybersecurity. You know, I said, I want to, I want to go off into cybersecurity, how I'm going to do it. And then I, when I like, analyzed it, I was like, well, cybersecurity is just an, an adjunct to the managed IT business. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, well, my, I'm not going to, the cybersecurity is not going to be the driver of my growth, but it's going to augment my growth to give me a better reputation. So now I can go out and be reputable out in the industry and compete better, you know? And if you didn't have the foresight to do that, you're going to be behind the eight ball. You're going to yep. be really behind the curve. It is. And you're going to, you know, the, I know that these other, are, some of our competitors are playing catch up right now. 
Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Innovation is so critical today, and it's taking. You know, I'm reading a book called um, "The Reluctant Entrepreneur." If you get a chance, um, put your hands on it. It's a fantastic book. In the book, the author talks about how most businesses didn't start with an original thought. They saw a pain point in the marketplace, and they developed a product or service that added more value and was right. better than all the competitors. And eventually, those successful companies became the number one or number two player in their marketplace. They verticalized or specialized, and they productized their services and packaged them and bundled them, and they sold them and were successful from then on. Yep, and that's really about what is necessity is the mother of invention. It's a perfect saying for what we're talking about. It's absolutely you're you're finding a, you're finding a need, you're meeting a need, and and I've been I got a natural knack for that too, so I have no problems putting that on and saying, hey, this is where we need to be going because this is what I see happening in the marketplace. I've always admired yeah. that about you guys, you and Scott and Steve, um, the fact that you guys are innovators and problem solvers, and I think that's really critical as you grow. Yeah. Yeah, and they're and they're awesome at how to turn that into reality. Okay, how do we do this in ConnectWise, or how do we do? How do we make this a business process? You know, how do we formalize this, and how do we get all of our staff trained on this? Yeah. And they think about that, and I've I've drilled it into their heads about you know procedures, 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 yep. diagrams. You know, give documentation. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Scale. Um, if you can't scale, man, you're going to be stuck, and that's where right. innovation fails. So, hey, a minute ago you mentioned ConnectWise. We talk about how automation is critical to the success of every business. Talk right. to me about some of those processes that you guys are automating, and what sort of tools are you using to automate? Uh, okay, so we're using um, – oh, boy, this is the part. I, these guys know a lot better than I do. But um, I knew we use IT Glue for our documentation. We, we moved to that. We are using, uh, we've got integration with our uh, customer sat with, uh, we're using Smileback now. We're using, you know, we're using Connect Booster on the, on the uh, sales side. We're using QuoteWorks for our quoting and we use QuickBooks on the back end for our GL. And we've got a number of other tools in there that in terms of our technology offering, basically what we do is we set standards for our clients are going to set, are always going to get essentially the same technology stack. This may get it in different varieties, right? So maybe you guys don't need this advanced email protection on this side. We'll just give you the basic archiving and the basic uh, encryption. So what I've done actually, and, and my spin into the whole company, my, my, my job security is I wrote this crazy spreadsheet that figures out exact per unit pricing for the client. So in other words, we don't have, you know, a lot of MSPs just to throw a dart in the wall. It's like, oh, we're going to charge $50 a user. We're going to charge 75 bucks a user, whatever. So what we do is we say, give me the number of users, servers, workstations, mobile devices, sites, firewalls. Give me all that information, and we're going to crunch the numbers. And then the, the rep goes in and selects the services that they want. And the price is then given based on all those factors, including... Uh, any discount we want to apply or um, what we call an OML. I don't know if you know service leadership at all. Yeah, the uh, maturity model. So we use the OML as a factor uh, for our pricing as well. So if the customer is a low OML, their price goes up. I remember talking with you guys about that way back when, and that's part of a little bit. Uh, traction doesn't touch on it a whole lot, but Rockefeller Habits does. And yeah, that's really important because the less 
of a mature organization that you work with, you typically charge a higher price because you're, there's going to be more time and more effort on your end put into it. And if that maturity level is different, you adjust your pricing based on that criteria. Yeah, exactly. In yeah. fact, we go go so far as saying if you if you're not above if you're not above a certain OML, we're not gonna we're not gonna quote it. Man, it uh, sounds like you guys took some steps to automate a lot of critical things inside of your business. Talk to your peers about maybe how it's automated, how that automation has improved things for you guys. So we have a full-time uh, person, and we're looking to hire a second one actually, who basically focuses 100% on automation, and I would say at the client side. So through LabTech, we are, LabTech's our RMM. So it focuses totally 100% on integration of LabTech and into ConnectWise on time. So we're running Jasper on the on the report writing. So he does all that side of things. He does the integration of delivery, um, you know, delivery of of all sorts of software um, and our help desk can escalate up to him, to him as well. So you can see that he's kind of a point person. He's a really key person. We want to get another person to fill that role. It sounds like yeah. that automation resource has been that, really beneficial. Well, Jasper's a tool. Jasper's a tool. His oh. name's Greg. <laughs> Got it, Greg. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> so no. with each of these improvements, right? I mean, you 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 drill it into Scott and Steve that yeah. uh, scalability uh, is important, documentation is important, processes, procedures, processes, procedures. You add these automation tools. Man, that had to be a good feeling with each of these improvements. Yeah, yeah. I tell you that the whole thing with having, and Greg's been with us for a while too. Um, we used to have a, an internal, before ConnectWise, we had a, a, a you know homegrown Linux-based system that um, somebody else prior to him wrote, and he wrote a really nice system. And it worked, and so we had to wean ourselves off of that because that wasn't going to be that wasn't going to scale. You know, you got yeah. you got to somebody codes it and then they leave. You know that doesn't work. That's when the, the whole okay, we got to shop around. We got to look at. We looked at. We were looking at RMMs first, like uh, platform LPI. Um, we looked at Kaseya. We used Kaseya for a while, then we got off that. We went to ConnectWise in like '09, I think, and that's when we kind of um, you know, from from Kaseya to LabTech in like 2011. So, so Greg's been doing lab tech, and he's become our lab tech guru for like the last, you know, six, seven years. That's an important, important resource to keep on board. Yeah, yeah. If I, you know, we recommending to, you know, you ask to advise peers, I would definitely say hire an automation guy, <laughs> you know, definitely, or gal, you know, just hire that person. Yep. That's, and, and make it a full-time job because, you know, that person wants to code. They don't necessarily want to fix people's computers. And they, they love working in front of a screen and figuring out problems like that. I wrote a blog piece several years ago um, that was extremely therapeutic to me. Uh, it was called 31 Things I Would Tell My Younger Self. If you could talk to your younger self after seeing what you all have accomplished today, what would you say? What wisdom would you impart? Have, to a, have a really good balance of work and fun. That's what I would say. How come? Why that answer? Um, I worked way too hard, uh, and I didn't have enough fun when I was younger. And you know, now I'm kind of doing the inverse of that. So to balance it out, um, and I think having a uh, if you can balance that out throughout your life, you're going to have a more stable life. You know, divorce sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you that. So um, if you want to avoid a divorce, have a more balanced life. That's great yeah. wisdom. If you could talk to and and if there was some advice 
that you had for young entrepreneurs starting their MSP journey today, what would that advice look like? What sort of practical tips could you give them that this young entrepreneur that's just starting their journey owning an IT company? Well, the basic the basic tenet is keep the customer happy. So that's that's the one. I mean, start there. And if the customer's happy, that's, you know, you're doing something right. And then just just keep building on that. Lastly, what yeah. is the one point of the one message, Bob, that you'd want to drive home to any of your peers listening to this podcast today? Enjoy the ride, whatever it is for you. If you have uh if you have a business and you really are passionate about the business and you know you don't have a family, awesome. Make it make it good. Make it make it make it grow. Make it make it everything that you can possibly be. But you know that one day maybe when you do find that someone, your priority is going to change. So you just got to keep that in mind. Just have perspective. Great yeah. wisdom, Bob. Where can people find more about you and your business? Our easy name is coopsys.com, C-O-O-P-S-Y-S, cooperativesystems.com. It'll redirect you to noahitservices.com. Noah is our brand for managed services. Bob, pleasure being on this podcast with you today. Really appreciate you, man, and appreciate all the wisdom and everything else. Beautiful. Thanks, Dave. Thanks again to Bob DeLisa, the CEO of Cooperative Systems. If you want to learn more about Bob's story and about the story of Cooperative Systems, you can check it out and listen to the podcast online at iTunes, Confessions of an IT Business Owner Podcast, or you can go to our website, connectbooster.com forward slash podcast, where you'll not only be able to listen to the entirety of our podcast, but you can also download the case study of Bob's story and Cooperative Systems story and how automation has helped grow their business. So check Bob out. Check out their company, Cooperative Systems, Coopsys, C-O-O-P-S-Y-S.com. And again, if you want to subscribe and listen to his podcast, you can check it out at connectbooster.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us today. We appreciate you. 